everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers, and this is Volume Up by The Tease. So Jeffrey is taking some well-deserved time off, but after our break, we couldn't leave you hanging. And we're back with a new episode of Volume Up right now. Next week, there will not be a new episode of Volume Up as our team observes Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but we'll be back at it with season three on January 22nd. On our last episode, we talked with Paul and Tessany Lubbers. The twosome aims to educate and uplift lash professionals to become better lash artists and business owners. Paul and Tessany host the most listened to lash podcast in the world called Lashcast with over 2 million downloads, as well as host trainings and webinar tailored for lash artists. They also found the Lash Conference in 2019. And over the last few years, over 3,500 lash artists have attended the event to learn how to grow and market their businesses. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. This week, we're talking with Rashawn Roof. Rashawn is a licensed cosmetologist based in Los Angeles. She has been doing makeup for eight years, specializing in natural and mature beauty makeup. She discovered her passion for hair while in makeup school and immediately pursued her cosmetology license, specializing in hair styling and color. Rashawn is the foremost expert in makeup depotting, kit curation, and all things makeup organization. I think I need this. Her talent, passion, and breadth of experience are second to none in creating solutions hair and makeup artists need for challenges of their dynamic careers. All right, here are a few of my favorite articles on thetease.com that you should definitely check out. Up first, if you're anything like us, you're probably wondering what were some of the biggest beauty trends of last year? Lucky for us, Google recently unveiled its annual year in search roundup, giving us a peek at all the makeup trends that the general public have been searching for in 2023. From food-inspired looks like blueberry milk nails and cinnamon cookie butter hair to faux freckles and cloud skin, it was an amazing year for beauty. So head to thetease.com to look back at the beauty trends that dominated 2023 according to Google. My personal fave, and I feel like I've already been rocking it, is the lip gloss nails. So a little simplistic nail, nice and shiny. We love that. Check out this article and let us know on Instagram, which was your favorite or least favorite trend of 2023. All right, as we say goodbye to 2023 trends, something new for 2024 is our January tech touch-ups. Out with the old, in with the new. I say, happy new year. Inspired by the internet world and adapted for the beauty space, check out our monthly tech touch-ups designed for stylists, makeup artists, estheticians, massage therapists, nail technicians, and anyone in the beauty industry. We've created mobile phone backgrounds to infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and new into your routine. Pick up these January designs for your phone's tech touch-ups. My personal fave, just a little spoiler, it has some sparkles to it. Head to thetees.com to pick up your new background and send us a pic of which one you chose on Instagram. In other 24 news, our team looked into bio-regeneration and got in touch with some experts for us to have the skin of our dreams. The article is titled, Unleashing the Power of Our Immune System for Timeless Beauty. Did you know that we are all in a collagen countdown, losing one to 3% of our collagen every year? Eek, I did not. With the growth of the medical aesthetics industry, fillers and plastic surgery first come to mind as the solutions to volume and elasticity loss. These are not the only answer. Natural regeneration is trending and here's why. The team sat down with Dr. Vanessa Coppola, doctor of nursing practice and board certified nurse practitioner to talk about all things bioregenerative and the future of anti-aging. All right, so this one is so interesting. And if you have had a little filler or something done, this is a must read as an alternative to improve your skin in 2024. Check it out on thetease.com. 
As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, our interview with Rashawn Roof. Rashawn Roof is a licensed cosmetologist based in Los Angeles. She's been doing makeup for eight years, specializing in natural and mature beauty makeup. She completed the fashion makeup artistry program at Makeup Designery in Burbank, California, where she was formerly trained in natural beauty makeup, women's and men's corrective makeup, mature makeup, high definition makeup, bridal makeup, avant-garde makeup, and more. She discovered her passion for hair while in makeup school and immediately pursued her cosmetology license, specializing in hair styling and color. Rashawn is the foremost expert in makeup depotting, kit curation, and all things organization. Her talent, passion, and breadth of experience are second to none in creating solutions hair and makeup artists need for the challenges of their dynamic careers. Her dedication to helping people and changing lives has made her the go-to industry resource for artists and has led to an impressive and growing client list of A-list artists. All right, today we have Brashan on. We just heard her bio and now we're gonna jump into the conversation. So thank you so much for joining us today on Volume Up by The Tease. We're gonna start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm, I am. <laughs> well, I grew up in the Philippines and I came here to teach. So I was a preschool teacher. Wow. Um, the educational system in America is not appealing. So I quit. And then I became a personal assistant. Now my client, she always goes to events. She's done her makeup beautifully all her life. Even makeup artists have told her that. But then when she found out I could do makeup, she decided from now on, you're going to do my makeup. That was easy. And then when her hairstylist campaigned for Trump, she sent me to hair school. So that's how I got into cosmetology school and started doing her hair. So but I tried to cheat first. I went to <laughs> makeup designery because they had a syllabus where it's like hairstyling for makeup artists. Okay. So I wanted to shortcut it. But eventually I ended up going to cosmetology school as well. Amazing. Because I like to learn everything. I love timeless looks. My, my clientele are mature women. So they love the classic looks, the blowouts, the perms, the roller sets. Those were my favorite things to do. So I figured, yeah, I'd, I'd better just go to school. Amazing. When you were younger, growing up in the Philippines, did you have the inkling or interest in the beauty industry? Or was it really just this personal assistant that kind of sparked it? You know, I always did people's makeup, Okay, but I never thought of it as a source of income. Okay. So it's really coming here that I realized, oh, people made money from this. I thought it was just, yeah, makeup artists for movies and celebrities. I just didn't realize how vast the industry really was. Got it. And so, you know, what are the pros for you of being both a makeup artist and a cosmetologist? Cosmetology, I feel like it's not very makeup heavy. Yeah. Not even skin, it's more like hair heavy. So a lot of it, I think the advantage is sanitation. Okay. And also knowing some sciences behind why we're doing what we're doing. A lot of people, they find they just copy everyone, but it's not necessarily the right technique for the right hair or skin type or even issues. Right. Amazing. So, I mean, the two passions, they're very alike, but also different. So working as both a makeup artist and a cosmetologist, what are some of the differences that you've seen on the job? Well, what really 
stuck out to me was how big the kits are. Like my experience with hair isn't as vast as some people's. Um, I did e-com, I did personal clients. Sometimes I'll do bridal if I like them. (laughs) And then, so it's like, I just see the hairstylist walk in with a small kit and I'm like, I'm so jealous. Especially if they're not doing like wigs and extensions. The kit's pretty tight. So that's actually why I started depotting. Okay. Because I'm such a makeup geek. I love makeup products so much. I also buy everything, but I don't like to carry stuff. So when I started to do hair, it just got worse. Uh Like my back issues and stuff. And a lot of hair products, especially aerosols, it's hard to downsize. But the liquids and the pomades, I always downsized it. That's why it even affected my choice of products. Okay. I would buy products like I, I use a lot of Bumble and Bumble because it's liquid. It comes in spray. I can buy the full size and I can transfer to the mini size. So now I feel like if I'm just doing one client, I have everything I need in a small bag. So it kind of forced me to to downsize because you didn't want to carry more stuff. You can't exactly downsize your tools, right? Right. Um, that's another thing too. I felt like a lot of hair stuff aren't as fragile. You can check it in mm-hmm. versus makeup. <laughs> you don't know what condition they'll arrive in if you check it in. That makes sense. So you mentioned the word depotting. If somebody is listening and they're like, Okay, what does that mean? Can you explain to our audience what is depotting? So depotting is basically taking the content out of something and putting it in a smaller container. Okay. Like, um, you know, even when we go out, we have a pitcher of water. When we're going out, we transfer it to a smaller bottle and that's what we carry. Yeah. So it's basically still taking what you need, but in less quantities. It's a lot of time involved. But it saves artists, makeup artists and hairstylists money in chiropractic bills, medication, massages. And also, you know, like when you check in at the airport, the charges for heavy kits. Yeah. So they save money in those ways. This also, I think it's the highest form of self-care for artists. Awesome. And as artists, we're also business owners. Self-care is a business strategy. That's our principle when it comes to departing. That's great. I love that philosophy because oftentimes, right, makeup artists, you know, cosmetologists, we're lugging big things around, right? And standing on our feet, we're using our hands. It's a very physical or can be a very physical role. So I love that the idea of simplifying and really sort of breaking it down. How did you learn the skills to depot all different kinds of products and packaging? Honestly, people don't believe me when I say this. It all came out of my laziness. <laughs> I refused to carry stuff. So, for example, in one makeup palette, there might be four shades you like. Yeah. Right? So it was just, it came to a point where it's almost indefensible to bring this much stuff for the two shades you like. So now with depotting, it enabled me to do that. And I figured out, oh, they're all glued down. The pants are glued down. So Got it. what can remove glue? So you figured out it's heat that loosens the glue up. Before I had this, the, the technology caught up with to my needs, I was using my GHD 
hair straightener. <laughs> that was what I would use to heat stuff. But thankfully, people have created stuff to make life easier for me and other makeup artists as well. What is the hardest type of product to depot, if you will? Aerosol, I won't even attempt. Okay. I'm waiting for technology to get better at that. Yeah. It's 2024. Are we accepting excuses as to why these products cannot be decanted? I don't know. But <laughs> so, yeah, so those are stuff that are hard. Also, um, pomades. Okay. If you don't have the right container, pomades, even if you don't close it properly, it'll dry up. Mm. If you stare at it long enough, it'll dry up. So having the right containers, I always, I'm just always looking for new packaging. Okay. And then I try them out and then I observe. I have stuff from like three years ago that I've depotted and obviously they're expired, but I check on them like every three months okay. and note it down like, oh, it dried up. Oh, it doesn't apply the same way anymore. So we're not just guessing, but at the same time, I'm not a cosmetic chemist or a product developer. So my knowledge is still... It's not all there, but I try to consult with experts in the industry. Wonderful. So your Instagram bio said that you are the kit whisperer to the elite makeup artists and hairstylists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I'm sitting here and saying, okay, what, what does that mean? How do you go through the process of depotting and organizing kits for other artists um, with attention to detail? So as soon as they sign up, I send them a bunch of questionnaire, like, how do you want to organize these when they're done? Okay. Um, if they send me 100 lipsticks, I can only put maybe 24 or 48 in one container. Like, for example, this is 24 lipsticks. Oh, wow. Okay. So instead of me carrying 24 bullets and you don't know what shade you have to look underneath, you have to open each. It makes life easier by carrying it this way. Yep. It's a palette with 23 products. Each looks like this. Okay. Why would I carry 23 of these instead of, you know what I mean, right? 100%. So I asked the clients that, like, how, do you, where do you, what items do you want together? Do you want it by brand? Do you want it by shade? Do you want it by finish? Mm. So I asked them to organize it in such a way that's like that. And then from there, then I asked them, do you want this size? Do you want this size? So I also have like a shopping experience here. So I buy everything from all the continents and I'll ask them to, I invite them to come and choose their, their bottle size, their tube size, cool. um, their bags. So I, I like it all streamlined. I feel like it's more impressive as a client too. To see when your makeup artists or, or your hairstylist is really organized. Mm -hmm. That they take so much pride in stuff. Like it's easy to get a job. To keep a job is a different story. And a lot of clients, they keep a job because of the work ethic. And I think organization and cleanliness is part of that. Yeah, agree. What are some of the strategies that you employ to make sure that nothing is overlooked and that you have everything in the proper place, proper kit, if you will? Um. Once again, I ask them to come. Okay. So there's no other way to make it custom or bespoke than having them actually. Once I've done the potting, I actually invite them to come back and help me organize. Oh. So, so not just that, because I want it to be easy for them to maintain. The potting will not end. We always get so much new product 
that a, a, a stylist or a makeup artist will always want to incorporate new stuff. So I actually like to have them here so they can see how I do it. Hopefully they'll be able to maintain it. Okay. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about, you know, the other services that you offer as well. Like walk me through um, if I'm a makeup artist and I'm like, wow, it sounds like I need this. What else do I not know that I need that you can provide? So the containers. So once they're all depotted, what bag do you put them in after? Ah. You know, like you don't want loose powders just running around in your kit. You want to put them in a container. That way, if something explodes, it doesn't contaminate the whole area or your whole entire kit. Like some products then don't do so well, if especially if it has SPF. I don't want that exposed in light. Ah. So I don't even decant them in clear containers. Okay. I prefer opaque containers. It's the same thing for nail people. You like don't want gel in clear jars. Got it. You know, so stuff like that, that a lot of people don't think of. But I cannot stress enough the importance of having the right size organizers, especially if they're modular. If they're all the same size, it's easier to find a container for it. Got it. It's easier to find a bag for something if they're all the same size. So stuff like that people don't really think about. And then once again, they're allowed to come here and rent the kit gym. Basically, it means <laughs> they can come here and lose the last 10 pounds that they're trying to get rid of in their kit. <laughs> so it could be like refilling stuff or making things smaller or even just relabeling things. Okay. I like to label by using the actual company logo. Okay. So it kind of elevates the potting because a lot of fears of artists are like, um, but my client won't know what brand I'm using. Yeah. So when you label it with the brand logo, you know, that gets rid of that insecurity basically. Yeah. Wonderful. And then they can also come here and learn how to do, how to depot one-on-one. So not just to depot for themselves and their kids, but also to do it as a business. Oh, talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, a lot of, you know, it's kind of become trendy lately. And I feel like, especially after COVID, a lot of people realize, oh yeah, it's, it's a necessity. And also once you depot, it's hard to go back. It's really hard. It's like, going from a horse to a car who wants to go back to horse riding. <laughs> so now there's a lot of people trying to depot, but obviously they wreck things. Mm. So I teach them that way they get to fast forward through all of my mistakes. Like this is what I learned to do and how I do it, that it doesn't hurt your body. Got it. It's like when you do hair, right? And your, your posture is wrong. It'll kind of shorten your career. Mm-hmm. So it, the same, same thing goes for depotting. So I'm very strict with posture and even like furniture, ergonomics. We're very, very strict about it just because we want people to do it, do it well, and also do it for a long time. Got it. So, you know, you mentioned that it, it's trendy now to do this, right? And you, you maybe you started that darn trend. Um, but, but talk to me about um, depotting on social media. You often share your work there. Do you find that beneficial to showcase your skills there and connect with the broader audience? I think so, because there's no way people would have known 
about me and a lot of people wouldn't have heard of the potting. Yeah. So when I started, I was actually just doing it. So my clients will know. I see. That even though it's departed, it's still Tom Ford. It's still the brands you're used to, you know. Yeah. But people were watching because it was the pandemic and that's how it blew up. Amazing. So I feel like it's good to put yourself out there. I always say like, <laughs> if necrophiliacs can find corpses, your people will find you. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, just, right. But you, know, you put yourself out there and you do your thing consistently and you'll attract the right that's a right, right amount of people. Obviously, they're haters. There's a lot of haters, but I can't put energy into that because it's literally the easiest thing to do is to criticize what someone's doing. Yeah. So we try not to engage. What could be so wrong about depotting that someone would be enraged about? Because, <laughs> um, you know, if a pallet is $125 each, okay, we all know 90% of that goes to packaging. So they feel like you're wasting money. Okay. So they don't see the, um, the long-term goal, basically. And then that's, I think that's normal. I think we all have that fear, especially if, you know, it's like brands that we had to save so much money in the past to buy. And then you see someone... And you don't understand why they're doing it. You just think it feels like an attack for some reason. Sure, that makes sense. Um, Has your business grown from your social media presence? Talk to me about that. Yes, that's all I've ever done. It was something I always did, but I never did it for money. I did it for friends. I did it for convenience. But now with social media, um, celebrity makeup artists reached out and I've done most of their kits. So, you know, it became a business from nothing. Like it was not my intention at all. That's amazing. But it worked out and, you know, a lot of other people are doing it and I'm really happy. And now a lot of people are coming up with better containers and better bags and better palettes. So I feel like it was really good for the entire artistry, community, artist community. Awesome. One of the... um sort of communities, I guess, that you've been noted to work with uh, is the Dancing with the Stars team. Talk to me about that experience and how that came to be. I was funny because they invited me on set because it was their last few episodes. And, you know, loading and unloading a trailer is not easy. So I helped them get rid of some packaging. That way, taking down was, was a lot easier to move out of the trailer. Oh, wow. Very smart. Um, so we talked a bit, you know, obviously about the makeup industry. Um, how can hairstylists or other beauty professionals work to organize their kits or their products? So let's start with a hairstylist or a barber. Um, where where do they even begin with, with the concept of depotting? So anything liquid, they can pretty much transfer. Okay. It's really into a smaller container, especially if you're doing just the same client over and over, you basically know what they need, how much they need, right? Especially for traveling, maybe for a salon, it's not as helpful, but if you're working on the go, anything that can be downsized, I think should be downsized. That way you're only carrying another thing. So a lot of thefts have been happening. Mm. So, you know, your kit gets stolen in the car. Sorry about your tools, but at least your products, you know, you can still. Right. 
some are at home and we can still work basically um it's also i like that you know back in the day i couldn't afford to pay assistance mm-hmm. so i would pay them in product so when i depart i give them a diff- another set i don't use all of it i give them half so it's like it's it's such a nice way to build community and you're also not buying all these products and then obviously the trash and yeah. the packaging goes to the landfill. So if less people, if more people shared, less people would, you know, donate to the landfills. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, so like the liquid one. So I would buy the big ones and I'll buy the minis and then I'll just transfer this to the mini. Okay. Uh, even something like a cream yeah. like this, I can put in a small container just like this and I will just transfer it. Yeah. So now instead of carrying this whole thing, especially with DSA regulations, it's so much easier yeah. to carry them this way. For pomades, I put them in little containers that are airtight so they never dry up. You know, um, hair, what do you call those? It's like powders for the root touch-up. Oh yeah, the hair fibers? No, no, the actual like makeup. Okay, yep. That that comes in pans. They all come with their own applicator and it's in its own jar. So I take them all out and put them in one palette. So I have all of that in one. Instead of, uh, once again, opening everything, it makes you faster. It makes you get in and out. So now you can take more clients, right? Another thing is it also opens your creativity because when nothing's departed, you're making the choice, always making the choice of what What should I bring? Oh, I'm just going to leave this because it's so heavy. But now when you have everything in front of you, it makes you more creative. It, op- it opens up your creativity for some reason. Yeah, de- and definitely the streamlined and efficiency. I mean, I can imagine, like you mentioned, you can fit in additional clients. You can be in and out faster. You're not sort of fumbling through looking for what you need within this big, big bag of product, if you will. Also, a lot of clients, they get overwhelmed when you open a big suitcase and they, they they just really get overwhelmed. It's also a good practice to eliminate some insecurities. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, I need to bring this because if I don't, the client will ask for it. You forget you can make it mm-hmm. with the tools you already have. So it kind of toughens you up too and remind you that you you know how to do this absolutely you don't need all these products your skills will get you through right and i think too if you know if i'm the client just seeing that intense level of organization um you're you look incredibly dialed in you've got it right there it's handy it's efficient that's impressive versus as you mentioned the overwhelmingness of you know 50 different shades of concealer or whatever it might be. Um, It looks very professional and organized. And it's also easy, you know, now the time you can devote to cleaning brushes, you know, like it's just, it's just honestly, it's self-care. And that's what I really, really want to impart that it's taking care of you. The longevity of their career is more important. No one's going to be, no one's when you're, Unable to do this because of back problems, no one's gonna remember all the stuff you brought. There's not an award, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no award. 
Um, that was amazing. Thank you. Uh, can you share any advice for individuals aspiring to be a makeup artist and or hairstylist from your perspective? I feel like always just do your best, keep practicing and find confidence in your skill versus product. I am, uh, I love luxury products. I like that I can buy things, but at the end of the day, what matters is your skill level. So, um, you know, it's so easy to go on social media and think, oh, my favorite artist, the one I look up to uses this tool. This is going to make me get those clients. Or, you know, it's like, it's so easy for us to just keep buying stuff, thinking it'll make us better. But really, it's the practice. Always, like, do your best and work on your confidence. You can take so many classes. It's your confidence that will get you through, in through those doors and keep you there. And how do you build that initial confidence? Say you're sitting down with your first makeup client or as a makeup artist, your first client. What's some advice for building a base level confidence? You just have to keep practicing. It could be your friends, your neighbors, your housekeeper. Okay. Practice on men, especially a lot of people. They don't realize how male grooming is so different from you know, it's we can't do cookie cutter makeup or what do you call this color by numbers. You really have to attack it from a, an educated or also like an aesthetic thing. We can't do what we do to 14 year olds on mature clients. Yeah. You know, so those are different skill levels. That's why I can't stress enough the pra- the importance of practicing on different people. Okay. Uh, I think that's at the end of the day, that's really what's going to make you better. And then your confidence will grow from there. Amazing. Well, this has been super fun to chat with you. Now I feel like I need to enter the world potting on my own. <laughs> I'm going to be glued to your, to your social channel because it's so interesting and so fascinating and so niche, right? Did you ever think that you'd be in this niche of a space within the industry? No, it's like, you know, especially coming out of COVID, a lot of artists are like worried if the world will wait for them. Yeah. Or if the world will move on without them. But we were, I'm lucky to kind of have created the room. Yeah. So I'm very, very, I feel very blessed. And now that I get to share it with those that want to learn. So it's like I came back to teaching, but on a different level. Yeah. Full circle, back to teaching. (laughs) All right. So we're getting to a section that we call the tease quick takes. And they are just that. We want to hear your off-the-cuff answers to just a handful of questions to get to know you a little bit better. The first one is, and I am so excited to hear your answer. What was your first ever product that you owned? Beauty product, hair product. Do you remember back to the first one? The first makeup product, oh my God, it's going to age me. The Max Factor Pancake Foundation. Oh, the pancake. We love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it was a wet and wild quad. Yes. From, yeah, the 90s. It doesn't date you because I'm right there with you. <laughs> but I don't mind. I love my age. I love getting older. It's my, I don't know. I'm weird. Like I look forward to birthdays. That's amazing. I love that. That's great. 
Okay. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? No, not at all. No, Uh -uh. not at all. All right. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Kathy Bates. Oh, she's a legend. I love her. She can't (laughs) be bothered by bullshit. She says things as they are. I just adore her. But yeah, Kathy Bates. All right. You knew that one. (laughs) Okay. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Popcorn. All right. Popcorn. I have this wasabi mayo powder that I add to popcorn. It just elevates it. It's so yummy. Oh, all right. That sounds amazing. All right. Last one. Say you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? Oh, God. Do they have electricity? No. No electricity. (laughs) Okay. So they'll just be face then. So I'd probably bring a multi-stick that you can use for the lips, for the cheeks, for your eyes. Okay. And sunscreen. That's it. I don't really pay that much attention to stuff. So yeah, maybe something like that. I'd rather bring food. Yeah, right. (laughs) Who are we putting our makeup on for? There's no one there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Just feed me. (laughs) The popcorn. We're going to need that. That's what you're taking. Yes. Um, All right. This has been so fun. Last but not least, tell everyone where they can find you on the dot com on the socials. Okay, so it's all just Deepak Chopra. Once again, my laziness, we capitalized on that. So it's all Deepak Chopra on Instagram, on TikTok, and then DeepakChopra.com. That is amazing. I love that. All the info you need is all there. I mean, I do YouTube too sometimes, but it's so neglected. It's like my nails. (laughs) We we don't want to even brag about that. Amazing. Well, again, this has been super fun. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, excited to personally dig into the world of depotting um, and learn more. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Bye. You bet. Bye. All right. So fun to have Rashawn on. I mean, definitely an expert in makeup depotting, kit curation, and all things makeup, thank you so much for joining us on Volume Up by the Tees. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tees Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.